Welcome to Ongoing Mastery, presenting and speaking. It's a podcast and a community. I'm Kirsten Rourke, speaker, presenter, and founder of Rourke Training. And this is Kelly. Hey there, I'm Kelly, producer, writer, and herder of cats. Oh, so many cats. After over 20 years as speaker and presenter, I've seen it all, and I'm sharing it with you. Ongoing Mastery is about continual improvement of your craft. You'll learn tips and hear from industry leaders. I'll tell you straight up what works and what doesn't so you can thrive. Let's get started. Welcome to episode number nine. Today, we've got an interview with Caitlin Donovan. No relation. So, Kelly Donovan, Caitlin Donovan. Yeah, there are only two sounds that can start Irish American girl names, K sounds and M sounds. That's a law, right? It is. It's totally a law. And your daughter's name? Maeve. Well, I'm glad that you're following the law. Me too. My Irish grandma is relieved. So with Caitlin, what we've got is a great interview today with the author, speaker, and head of the podcast for Fried the Burnout Podcast. Let's get to it. Caitlin, you are an expert in burnout. Can you explain about your podcast? I can. So Fried the Burnout Podcast came from an intense desire to honestly have more stories for my book. I was writing a book on burnout. It was mostly about me. And I knew it was going to be my story, but I didn't want it to be only my story. And I had only been working with clients for a short time then, so I didn't have enough of that. So I decided to start fried for that purpose. It has then since turned into a million other things, but in the very beginning, it was about that. How, um, I mean, how did you get to where burnout the book was your, your focus? The short version or the long version. Okay. (laughs) It's really up to you. (laughs) So I always followed my heart with what I wanted to do. I ended up doing acupuncture instead of getting an MD, which was my original plan. So I ended up getting a master's degree in acupuncture. I did it all over the world. I was very successful with it. And underneath it the whole time was this immense need to constantly be proving myself and overgiving to everyone around me because I thought that that was where my value came from. Yeah, I I don't resemble that at all. Um, have never heard of that before. That's totally new. Uh, yeah, that yeah. wasn't a conversation I was just having this morning. Um, so, all right. So then you move move towards uh, addressing burnout in a more yeah verbal well, I, way. I went through burnout myself, and I didn't know that I was going through it for six or seven years. Cool. I was exhausted. I was unkind. I was resentful. I was all the things. And I couldn't really figure out what was going on. And by this point, like I've done life coaching training. I'm got a master's degree in Chinese medicine. I've done therapy. I meditate, exercise, you know, I do all the things like I'm doing all the things right. And one day in 2016, I read an article on burnout. And you know, when you read or hear or even say something that's really true, and your whole body prickles up in recognition. Yeah. I had that moment. I was reading an article on burnout and I was like, 
oh, damn. That's it. And so I started the process of of the unwinding. But me being me, I'm a uh, I'll be a lifelong nerd. uh, Very proud of that fact. And so I downloaded every piece of burnout research that had ever been written. My husband was doing a post-grad at Cambridge at the time. So I had access to university libraries. So I downloaded everything and it took me about a year to get through it. And as I was going through, I kept saying, oh, I wonder when I'll get to the part where it talks about my situation, you know, like the entrepreneurial yep. situation. I was reading about doctors. I was reading about nurses. I was reading about corporate workers. I was, this is where all the studies are being done, corporations, hospitals. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I work for myself. And all the studies were saying, well, it's the corporation's fault. It's the hospital's fault. And I was still like, yeah, but I, I work for myself. <laughs> okay. So wh- when do we get to me? Mm-hmm. And we never got to me in the research. That's where my book came from. What about people like me? What about the female entrepreneurs who are wearing all the damn hats, who are breaking under the pressure of their own expectations? Yep. Who's talking to them? So I decided I would. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so the name of this podcast is obviously Ongoing Mastery. Mm-hmm. And clearly that's a thing for you. So how does that show up for you? You know, there's a piece of this that is uh, attached to my not enoughness. So I, I have to keep learning so that I f- feel more enough. It never actually works, but I keep doing it anyway. <laughs> so that's definitely part of it. But the other part of it is I am insanely curious. Does that tie I, in? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I just love understanding mechanisms, which is why I like reading research studies, especially experimental studies where there's a causation factor. Like I, I'm obsessed with learning how nice. people work, not necessarily things I could, I really don't care how a toaster makes my toast, but I really do care how that coping mechanism that used to really work well for you, how and when it shifted into something that harmed you. Ooh. Nice. So this is going to be a sort of an odd transition, but mm. how does that relate to public speaking? Because you and I met in the Innovation Women Speakers Visibility Group. Yeah. And so both of us are connected via public speaking. How does, yeah. how does your work tie into that? So most of my work, the majority of my income at the moment is from in the public speaking realm. So I talk to corporations and hospitals and women's initiative groups and DEI groups about how to restructure their companies to avoid burnout and also how to deal with burnout on an individual level. So we we do a, a top a top and a both and a top bottom approach. And the mastery and the research and this insane curiosity helps my speaking massively because I'm always on the forefront of what's happening. I'm always reading the latest thing. And I'm really curious about the people in the audience. So I do enough back around sort of info on them before I show up that I know I can actually speak to them directly. Nice. So your prep process is pretty extensive, it sounds like. Yes and no. It doesn't feel necessarily like I'm sitting down and creating this whole process around it because it's just my natural way of doing things, right? So it doesn't feel like a, 
here's all these, here's this massive checklist of things I need to do. And it doesn't take me an insane amount of time either, but I do read through all the websites, see which companies are showing up. You know, I did, I, I did an event with Pepsi recently. I looked up the hex code for the, for Pepsi blue. You did. Okay. <laughs> yes. And then I bought a dress that was as similar as I could find to Pepsi's blue. Oh, I love that. And that mattered to them. I showed up and I said, Hey, I just want you to know that this is intentional. And this is as close as I could get to your hex code. And they were like, we have our own hex code. I was like, yes, trademarked, you know, like, and it made everybody laugh and it let them know, Hey, listen, I'm here. I'm paying attention to you. I'm all in. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so at, uh, I mean, you've been in the speaking business a long time. What, I mean, what do you wish that you knew when you started? I wish that I knew that I wasn't automatically a good speaker. <laughs> so I am a good speaker by nature. I didn't really know that I could do things to improve the actual speaking portion. And that would be the thing that would get me from charging very little amounts of money to very big amounts of money. I am talking about the same subjects and earning 20 to 40 times more than a few I, years ago. I like that. I like that a lot. Right. <laughs> that's that's I mean, excellent. When I first started, I was thrilled to get $250 to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I was thrilled. And I was like, wow, people are going to, I talk all the time. This is easy. I didn't understand that being good at talking and being good at speaking were different things. Nice. Okay. So other than being a good speaker, what other skills does somebody need to be great on stage? I think that there's a benefit in, in this realm to having some sort of past trauma and having a slightly hypervigilant empathic sort of ability, you oh, know, no, so, <laughs> no, we're not, we're not all alike. No. <laughs> right. So I think that there's a way to use some of these superpower coping mechanisms that can cause damage if they sort of go unraveled. But being someone who is highly attuned to the energy of a room, because I had to be as a child, which destroyed me for a few years and now I use on purpose, being able to be very in tune to a room and being able to conduct the energy of a room, to me, this is the power of a good speaker. If, nice. if you are in a room with a speaker who is really hitting it, they bring people in with a laugh. They draw them back down with a story. They, they can, they're conducting the energy of the audience. This to me is an amazing skill that if you don't have this sort of uh, built-in hypervigilance because of past trauma, you do need to work on reading body language and mm. this kind of other okay. skill so that you can tap into this in a different way. But I do find that a lot of speakers that have a really good story to tell have this hypervigilance in them. They're just not actually using it. But if they could, they would be doing themselves a service that and their audiences for that sense. matter. That makes total sense. Um, so in talking about groups of people, let's shift over to conferences. What, how, for, for you, how important do you think it is when somebody's attending a conference, uh, you know, as an attendee, what's the, the value? What's the importance? 
in that. So for for me, when I show up to a, if I'm at a three day conference and I'm day two, I like to pop in for at least 10 to 15 minutes, a couple of times during the day and watch the other speakers because it allows me to take a couple of notes, write down specific names, and then incorporate those names and those notes into my speech for those people because it helps them tie everything together. You know, repetition is the mother of learning, right? So if I can pull other pieces that they're learning into what I'm talking about, it helps them connect all the dots. It gives them the branch to hang this new piece of information off of without having them work harder. It makes them easy. It makes it easier for them to remember what I'm saying. And to be really honest, it makes me look really good. Well, that's, but, but that's a good thing too. Yes. Definitely. That, well, and that hel- it helps them and me. So if they know that I'm paying attention to them, they feel good. So I do it intentionally for their learning mm-hmm. and also so that my words are more impactful. And the, the net, the, the groups, obviously uh, I had, I had also interviewed Bobby Carlton yeah. of Innovation Women that we know. Yeah. We talked about speaker friends and how important it is for speakers to have speaker friends. Yeah. In any field, presenting, speaking, any variation of that, the the understanding that other people in the same, you know, with, with the same goals, with the same needs has uh, is pretty obvious. But what is it about having having a good network beyond just hearing, you know, feeling heard and feeling understood, what are the values of, of really making a a strong network? So for me, the the values of making a strong network are more gigs because people think of you, right? Bobby just had someone come to her and say, Oh, do you know somebody about burnout? And she's like, actually I have somebody. Nice. So just being able to get gigs is useful for networking. I also think it's important to see examples of where you are and where you'd like to be. So the more time I spend with other speakers, the more I realize what possibilities are out there. When I was living in this sort of, I'm speaking in this little world by myself and I don't know any other speakers, I was like, people don't charge that much. And now I'm like, oh gosh, a bunch of people charge that much. It's not actually that big of a deal. And I didn't, I had to be with speakers to understand that that was an acceptable thing to do. Mm-hmm. As long as we go back to the beginning, as long as I'm working on my speaking mastery, as long as I am paying attention to my sentence structure, my cadence, the times that I pause, mm-hmm. the times that I don't, the words I emphasize, the way I stand on stage, Etc. Right. So as long as I am doing the work to improve my presence on the stage, I can continually increase my fee. And there's no way I would have known that. I just wouldn't have known that. I also, the more time I spend in the speaking community, um, I'm a board member of the New York City chapter of the National Speakers Association. And the more time I spend with these people, the more I realize how much I didn't know about the business of speaking. Like you don't know what you don't know because you don't know it. Yep. So being with these people shines a light on all the different ways that I can learn and all the different things that could help me move myself along this in this speaking career that I would have had to stumble across by myself at some point on the internet, but you wouldn't even know what you were looking for. You know, like you just, Mm -hmm. you have access uh, to resources that 
are unbelievable. This is the, there's a stress response in women that, I mean, men have it too, just to a lesser degree because of estrogen that's called tend and befriend. You know, we always talk about fight or flight, but there's a tend and befriend stress response. And the goal of it is to, you know, say you're in the middle of a forest and you are being chased by an animal and you need your child to be quiet, you tend to them so that they hush down, right? So that you can't be found. And befriending is about increasing the resources available to you at any given time. So the more people that you befriend, the, you know, this person has access to uh, dry food. This person has access to meat. This person has access to fresh water. This person has access to, right? So the more people you include in your space, the more resources you have available. To me, being in a community of speaker people widely varies and increases my resource ability. I like it. I hadn't thought of it that way because I was thinking of it as the learning new skills, but yeah. Just the resources alone. Just the resources. Just to be able to ask somebody what freaking microphone to buy for a podcast. <laughs> yes. You know, like things yep. like this. Yep. Simple yeah. things sometimes. And and I will say that questions like that, um, until I got into this, I didn't realize what a uh, potentially religious division there was. Mm-hmm. around microphones and mm-hmm. types and mm-hmm. and people's uh, like core core beliefs uh so it's really interesting to open that door and go oh you have very strong opinions on this okay fantastic um right and, that, have... but, and that's helpful that can be helpful right yes like, if five people have very strong opinions and three of them have very strong opinions about the same mic yeah it might be worth considering. Yeah. I'm, I'm now thinking of actually buying uh, a shoe, which I had not yeah. previously thought to do, but enough people were like, oh, you got to have one. And I'm like, hmm, okay. I, okay. I'm thinking that's the case. <laughs> so, all right. So last question, what, what do you see for yourself in, when we think about ongoing mastery and growing and so on, where, where do you want to head? Where are you striving for? Yeah. So right now I'm at a place where I have a very comfortable, fairly regular speaking career that has a ton of space to grow. So right now doing two or three events a month, I'm financially sound, but I can do a lot more than two or three events a month. And I would love to be at a place where I can choose maybe five, right? Because you can't, that's another thing about speakers that sometimes people don't understand. You you almost can't do this every single day. It is really a big energetic ask. Some people can because people have different levels of energy available for different things, but I can't do this multiple times a day for days on end. You know, I, I just had a three week span where I had something almost every day for three straight weeks. And this week I have pretty much off and thank goodness because i was i was happy but really tired by the end of it you know there's only so much um i'm an ambivert and there's only so much peopling i can handle and i love people and i love being on stage and i love being on my couch also <laughs> those are those are the same you know equal so i would like to get to a place where i can charge enough for my events that doing four to five events a month consistently and having them booked out 6 months in advance just being prepared so that I know how to plan myself and how to plan my time and my money and all of that 
leaves me in a place where I can really start thinking about the other ways that I want to contribute to the world. I I love it. And uh, that's the perfect place to end. I'm I'm not going to say anything else. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> um, a final thing, uh, just your p- podcast is available on everywhere. everywhere and it's fried. The Burnout Podcast. The Burnout Podcast. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I will see you in the next Friday meeting. I will see you there. Thank you. All right. Well, that was awesome. I love her approach that recognizes joy, but also there are times when you are not joyful. Yeah, I love that as researchy, geeky people, yes, that she addresses the fact that entrepreneurs were kind of left out. And she stays on top of the field, as good researchers do. It's not just a one and done. So definitely check out her podcast. It's linked in the show notes. And of course, subscribe to ours. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for Ongoing Mastery Presenting and Speaking, the podcast for everyone who wants to work on their own skills and lift up others. If you enjoyed this episode, continue the conversation on our Ongoing Mastery LinkedIn group. The link is in the show notes. Share the love on social media and tell your friends about the podcast. Be sure to catch our next episode and hit the subscribe button. Until next time, that's a wrap.